All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the Dadpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Oliveira. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Parker Nash. Parker Nash, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Great. So we wanted to have Parker here on the show today because unlike a lot of our other guests who have learned marketing or leadership through their, their own experiences as entrepreneur, um, Parker was at Nike for over 10 years. And so he brings with him a lot of experience. Today, he runs his own shop, Parker Nash Marketing, and he's helping other companies grow their brand and, and be consistent and do it like the big boys do it at Nike. So I'm just really excited to have you here today, uh, Parker. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I know you're, you're we're on the call here from California, but you're, you're, you're traveling a little bit right now. But, but tell us about you. Yeah, so I live I live in Portland, Oregon, which is where Nike is, but I'm traveling in California right now. That's that's where we are. But um, so yeah, I live in Portland, Oregon, and like you said, spent a decade at Nike and just had this incredible opportunity to really just get a front row seat to some of the greatest branding, design, marketing, product minds uh, in the world. I mean, I was, I would consider myself incredibly fortunate to just be <laughs> lumped into that, uh, group and being able to work with some of these people that were just so, so talented. And it was an incredible experience. And I think, you know, what really enabled me to stay at Nike for 10, little over 10 years is just the spirit in which, in the culture Nike has created and it really is an athletic mindset, competition mindset, and not a competition in terms of employee versus employee, but a, mm -hmm. a competition in terms of how are we as a team, how are we as employees at Nike doing better than yesterday? How are we serving our customers better? And I think that's a really purposeful thing they've done, which is going and making sure they hire a lot of people that have played sports, have, have been athletes, many have played at a collegiate level, many have played in professional levels as well, too. And you see that level of intensity and mindset brought into the actual workplace, combined with that great teamwork aspect that many of these athletes have. And I think it's just been one of the coolest experiences I've had to really get to know how they approach talking to their to their consumers, understanding what they need and building product and marketing to them in a way that really creates these just kind of raving fans that are just, you know, we call them sneakerheads of just people that just absolutely yeah. love the Nike. Right. And I mean, there's so much we can get into there, but uh, personally, just over some time, I got to a spot where I have an opportunity to run and grow some major, major lines of businesses there at Nike is what I started to realize was, you know, there's some things Nike is doing that are key principles that aren't exclusive to Nike. And what you realize is, oh, these are things they're doing purposefully that this is why Nike has become this level of success they have. And you also see these, these principles played out at places like Amazon or Apple or basically any major billion dollar world renowned brand and you're seeing oh these are just great principles that they're deploying and what i realized too was oh this doesn't actually require you to have boatloads of cash to be able to do a lot of this stuff right now having a a cool billion in your bank account is never a bad thing right like i, I would love to have that to <laughs> do whatever i can with my business for that but um it's also an opportunity to waste a lot of money too if you're doing things wrong and so what I started to realize was, man, there's some principles that I've learned here 
And I've always wanted to start do my own thing, go out on my own. And I saw that there's some great businesses, small and mid-sized businesses out there that have great products or services, but just maybe aren't doing things exactly as they should be like these, you know, incredible brands like Nike and so on and so forth are doing that. I think I could help them to, you know, create some of these and, and implement some of these strategies to help them serve their customers and serve their consumers and really help them eventually help their customers and help their business grow too. So that's kind of been the, the foray into that. And uh, this is the, the eventual journey I've taken with that. So let's go back to when you left there mm-hmm. and sort of like where you were at in your mind, because I have to imagine, I spent some time in corporate, a couple of yeah. years between businesses back in 08 to okay. 2010. And corporate is so different, right? You have yeah. so many resources. Right. Talk to me about what you thought you could bring, because you just hit on some of those things. Like I could bring some of these great aspects of the business, yeah. even to a small company, but were there some other things that you learned there, processes, tools yeah. that you thought, well, I could, I could do that in a small shop too. Totally. And then maybe you weren't able to. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, so, you know, for, yeah, the, the, where, where you start to run up against the hit, the hit a wall a bit is, is it becomes that resource constraint. Right. But so there's, but there's different ways and there's also, also honestly too, there's also some opportunities with that as well. But you know, what I, what I saw were a couple of things, which I have just kind of called them two things that Nike does really, really well is, is create clarity and attraction. And these, these are the things that any business can and should do. And what I mean by that first is starting with clarity in terms of who do you serve? So your ideal customer, how do you position your product to serve your ideal customer? And then the last thing is getting a clear, compelling message that communicates in a way that gets your customers to engage. That is a really key thing that we spent so much time at Nike on. And again, that you know that work doesn't have to cost or take billions of dollars to do that kind of stuff. That is really building out in-depth, detailed profiles of who your ideal avatar is. Now, at a place like Nike, it's way more sophisticated, complicated, because Nike is so large now that they have multiple lines of business. They have multiple different types of consumers they're building product for. But when you still drill down to it, they're getting to a really concrete, specific point in which they're saying, hey, for this sport, this line of business, this is the our ideal avatar we are creating product for and going to market to and brand for. And we're going we're gonna to serve. And I think that's one thing that, you know, a lot of businesses, um, I'd love to hear your, your experience on this too, Alex, but uh, I think a lot of businesses, they get into business, they start just kind of saying yes to everybody. And because they get so busy they start rolling forward with this, right? And they kind of start serving anybody and everybody, but it may not be the person that really lights their fire or it's, you know, maybe it's not like the ideal customer or client that you're working with. And it's because you're kind of just, you're in the thick of it and you're going on, going and just rolling with it. But this is where Nike does a ton of work. I mean, so we built product and create product and, and create brand campaigns on quarterly basis, right? So every quarter before you started anything, you got down to, all right, who is our customer? Who is our ideal 
uh, avatar that we're creating product for and, and going to market for. What's going on in their life? What is uh, driving them at this time of year? What are their beliefs? What are their values? What are they dealing with? And how can we help them? And so just getting really specific on that. And, you know, I think this is a really useful exercise that many of your listeners may be able to do too, is we would actually name, visualize and start picking out, hey, this is what this person's wearing. This is what they look like. This is where they're going. Like we're actually getting really specific. We want to be able to visualize and see who we're creating product for and who we're gonna, gonna market to. And to help with that sometimes, I, I find a really useful exercise is do a day in the life um, kind of exercise with who your, your customers, because they aren't, you're not just servicing them <laughs> at that one point in their interaction that you're giving, you know, they're, they're going to buy your product or, or services, right? There's other motivating factors that taken or need to be taken into account about why they buy or why they're going to um, take this action or not. And those are really important things to be able to have so that you have the clarity on, all right, who are we going to market and build product and serve from here forward. That is the absolute starting point on that. Yeah. And it's, um, I think it's one of those things that for many business owners, they understand that they need to build these personas, but sure. I think what is hard when you're running ads these days for small business owners who are doing it in-house themselves yep. is that they often depend on the tool, whether it's Google ads or Facebook ads yeah. to just choose from a menu of items, right? So it's just your demographic, psychographics, interests, sure. things like that. And then they kind of limit it to that and then create that audience and go. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about is beyond that. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's beyond the marketing, the sales, beyond the customer experience yeah. and it, it all the way through. Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like, you know, we didn't, we, and like, we didn't create the, well, it, um, the consumer we're creating product for is kind of like this or kind of like that. No, 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 no. Oftentimes it was, it's this athlete, it's this high school athlete. He lives in Ohio. <laughs> you know, we're getting really specific on what does he do day in, day out from beginning to end? What's his life look like? And that really does play into uh, influences of how you're going to talk to them and, 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 and build product for them as well, too. I mean, it's so important because there's so many other outside influences that could be yeah, like you're saying, that, OK, you could go through Facebook or whatever tool you're using and they could spit out this age range. Um, this gender, you know, really this kind of surface level stuff, but you're going to be missing out on where are all these other potential influences, inspiration points, areas that um, have a large influence on their life and the decision process that could be uh, untapped areas of where they're actually hanging out and being influenced by that you could be reaching out to them through there as well. What about them? You, you talk a little bit about with me about the marketing myths and and some of the stuff that is out there and it's a waste of money because so many businesses are pulled right you get on youtube yep. you get on facebook wherever you get there's some marketing guy some agency guy selling you a funnel they're selling mm -hmm. you a funnel and they're telling you do it this way and you just, mm -hmm. just you know um become a member and you take my course and boom you 10x you'll do a grant cardone i mean everybody's <laughs> yeah. selling you something you know right. um but so there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, waste 
of, yeah. of efforts, not just on the advertising side, but in the creating content and lead magnets. And there are certain things that work and there are certain things that don't. So talk to us some about, about some of the myths, but then the things that do work, Parker. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not on a big thing too, right there, which is inconsistency. I mean, we, we like to think about Nike now today as this incredible world renowned brand, you know, I don't know what they're doing, 40, $50 billion in revenue, but uh, it's easy to look at and see what they're doing now, but to forget that they've been in business. I think this year is their 50th year, 50th year. So five, zero, they've been doing this a long time and it started very small, literally out of a back of a van selling some, some track spikes right way back in the, in the seventies, but it's about consistency. They didn't stop start and stop, start and stop, find a new shiny tool, try that for a little bit, didn't work, didn't see immediate results and stopped. And in fact, I can, I can, you know, from, from, from my own experiences working within product teams at Nike, oftentimes, actually not oftentimes, most of the time, if we try to create a new product, it did not work the first season, may have not worked the second season or for a year. But if we knew that we are really understanding our consumer. We know where he or she is, is headed that if we can stick to our guns and continue to communicate and uh, explain to them how this product's going to help them, it's going to take time. So we wouldn't just drop off of things when we wouldn't see that immediate result. So, yeah, I, I love for you to like expand on that because what you're talking about, I'm visualizing it, you know, the same way when we create product in your stitching sort of a, a journey for the customer. And it does take time, right? Obviously yeah. you're trying to create awareness for that product. You're trying to get, sometimes use focus group surveys, all oh. the tools that are available to you so that you can then create a guide that the customer then is like, wow. And it's what Nike does. Companies like Disney, companies like uh, Starbucks. There's so many companies that do it so well. And you think, how do they do it on such a large scale? And then sometimes a small business that has a really good product, can't do it that way. What I often see, and I don't know if you see this, is that businesses launch a new product. And if it's not working after six months or 12 months, they give up and move on. They're, they're, you know, totally. they're, they're watching the stuff on the, on, on the media that says like, you know, fail fast, like break things, <laughs> fail fast, right? The Silicon Valley <laughs> way of doing it. Yep. But yep. really you have to stick with it. And so I love that you're talking about how you, you create the product here, yeah. but, but, but it takes quite a while before you're able to stitch everything so that the customer yeah. has the best experience. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there's something to be said too about, I mean, yeah, the failing fast, I think what you're, you're saying, which is, I, I would agree in a lot of ways, it kind of, uh, I don't know, insinuates this, oh, fail and scrap it and move on. Right. Oftentimes, no, it's not scrap it, move on. It's, Hey, maybe, maybe now is just not the right time and we just need to hang on here a little bit. Or maybe, maybe it's, well, this part of the product works really well and people love this. This part of the product, not so well. Maybe we just need to tinker with it a little bit here too. So, you know, this is where it becomes less, less science, more art on this kind of stuff. And, and really, again, going back to what well, it takes really knowing your consumer very well to understand if you really got an idea here that is, got some merit. It can take some time to do this too. So yeah, totally agree. You often talk about the website on, on, uh, as far as like the products that you mm -hmm. offer and the ways in which you guide your clients through building a strategy. And, you know, I think so many small businesses overlook 
yeah. parts of the website, but then they sometimes focus on the front end, just the design or, yeah. you know, they want something that is like massive. So talk to me about the website. And, and, you know, you, you, you said there's a spoiler alert. It's not just cool design. I'm <laughs> sure, you know, if you go to a Nike website, it, it, it's a lot design, but they have the oh. budgets to create those designs. And you know what? They've done the hard work of, they don't have, they're in a position where they don't have to explain what it is they do. People know Nike. Unfortunately for most of our small and mid-sized businesses, most of our consu cons uh, consumers and customers don't know us or have a loose knowledge of, of what we're doing, right? So it's a little bit different in terms of the approach there, but in many ways, they still do a lot of the same things. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, again, this is this actually kind of playing into a little bit of the myth too. It's, you can't just have good design. Good design's not gonna build a brand and, and, and sell your product, right? And I think this also kind of goes in one of the myths of there's a lot of people think, hey, if I just get a cool looking brand or a cool looking website up, people will come. It's just so awesome that they'll come to me because it, it looks so cool. Well, uh, that's not going to come or that's not going to happen. You know, there is no if you build it, they will come. You got to give people reason to come to you. Right. So. And I think once you start digging further into the Nike website too, you start to see that they are hitting on a lot of key things. And I think every good website has a handful of things. And first and foremost, it's a really clear offer and promise. Meaning, what do you offer your customers and what promise, what result can they expect to get by using your product or service? So being really, really specific and clear on that. I mean, I, I see this all the time, which is, a lot of vague language or confusing language or not really explaining, hey, what is the end result of this? This is where Nike's so good is they're incredible storytellers, right? They talk, they don't, they don't sell you the foam that's in your shoe. They sell you the experience the shoe is going to provide you. You're going to run faster, farther. You're going to have an incredible time running. You're going to be uh, all these benefits, all these end results of how your life is going to transform because you bought this shoe or this a piece of apparel, right? A lot of, I think a lot of small businesses think that they, they go for the, the, the features and functions route. People will just get, if I tech this out, what this does for them. They don't know what, they don't know what it does for them. You have to show them, you have to explain to them, you have to tell them what it's going to do. So talk about the offer and the promise. A couple other things that, you know, I think are really important, especially on a homepage website. And I, I see these as maybe it's one section each, or it could be multiple sections, but overall, these are some things you got to hit on, which is second. So you get the offer and promise. Second thing you need is the problem. What is the problem that your customers are dealing with, right? And so if you don't talk about the problems that your customers have as it relates to your product or service, there's no reason for you to exist. And this is what Nike also does very well too, which is they talk about the problem, problem that their customers have as it relates to the shoe, the footwear, the apparel, whatever it is. And that tees them up to go then, voila, we have this incredible product that's going to produce this transformational result for you. And your life will look like this after, right? <laughs> so now we're starting to get a great little weaving and stitching a little story together about how your life's going to be better after you use your product or service. From there, again, if this is, if we're just going to use an example of this being a homepage website, some other really key pieces to have 
are your, your clear product section. What are the services? What are the products that you sell? Keep it simple. I mean, if you look at Nike's website right now, I'm, I'm willing to bet they probably have, you know, they actually probably have a decent amount of product, but each one's really specific. It's very clear. It's very different, differentiated between each one uh, on the homepage. And as you start to get through, you start to get really more, much more specific. Then be really clear on the proposition that you're delivering to your customers. Again, this is re-emphasizing the benefits, the results they're going to get, not the features, the benefits and results they're going to get by, by working with uh, buying your product or, or working with you is, is, is buying your service. And then last but not least, I think an inc incredible piece to have too is also proof. And proof being really what this does is making sure that we're, we're helping our customers understand that we're not a snake oil salesman. Because again, you know, many of your customers may be coming to you for the first time. And so they want to know that this isn't just a bunch of BS, right? <laughs> like, does this work? Is my money going to be well spent? There's different ways you can do that. Reviews, testimonials, uh, success stats of number of clients served or number of uh, products sold. I mean, there's all these different ways in which you can do that. But ultimately, what you're doing is showing that, hey, this is proof that this is going to work for you. It's going to be great for you. You're going to love it. It's going to transform your life. So those are some things I think that really are key to have on your website, but those are also elements that should be across all of your marketing collateral and repeated over and over and over again. This is really the consistency and repetition of if you keep repeating these things, you want to be known as the brand that solves the problem, solves a specific problem. And if you keep repeating that over, you will get stuck in people's mind about, oh, this company solves this problem. So when I have this problem as it relates to insurance or construction or whatever it is, it's because this brand has been talking about the problem that they solve over and over and over and the result that produces. And they're going to remember you instead of this scattered, you know, shotgun approach. And we're going to talk a little bit about this. We're going to talk a little bit about that. So you mentioned the Nike website, Parker. And what I'd like to ask you about right now is Amazon. I know Nike yeah. left Amazon and I'm not going to ask you to chime in as to why most people can read the articles as to why sure. Patagonia and many other brands have left Amazon. Yeah. But but Amazon is such a different experience as it pertains uh -huh. to e-commerce, you know, and, and products. If you're a small yeah. business selling products, you can go to Walmart Marketplace. You could do your own website. You could do, uh, you know, like a Shopify. You could sell on Facebook. I mean, there's a lot of different places you can sell. Nike has, you know, they left Amazon and most of their products are going to be sold at retailers or on their website. And this is a question that I often get, you know, companies who are considering selling on Amazon, they're asking us, should I be on Amazon or not? Because look, some of the big companies are leaving there yeah. too. How hard is it to build your own consistent traffic to your website? Like Nike, Nike yeah. owns that relationship. Whereas if you're on Amazon, Amazon owns the relationship. Totally. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's a difficult thing. And, and obviously is when you're, when you're the size of Nike, you have way more resources and leverage to, to, to make these tough decisions. Right. And I'm sure there's multiple reasons why Nike left, but you know, ultimately I think what it probably comes down to is I think one of the big things they probably decided on, and this is what anybody that's listening to should be decided should be deciding on is is really trying to find out where what who is the best partner for me to sell my product or services to or through 
right? And Nike's gotten way more specific about this, especially since the last couple of years. I mean, they've been on this path for quite a while now, but like it's really getting ratcheted up here in the last couple of years because they want to have more control over their brand and how it's presented because they they see themselves as they, they have a very broad spectrum, but at the, at the top level, I mean, for the most part, they see themselves as a premium brand, right? And if, and, and, and so Amazon is certainly, they're not going to be selling their greatest products on Amazon because it's a misalignment of the brand positioning that they have for a lot of their products. Mm-hmm. You go to Amazon for those one-click buys and um, easy returns. And, you know, oftentimes it's, it's, it's not creating an environment that really screams premium product, right? Mm-hmm. But there's great access to Amazon and, and, and ease of use. And so there's all sorts of other reasons. So I would say, you know, it's really more of a question of does Amazon or any other retailer that I'm potentially thinking about, do they align to the way I want to position my brand? That's probably the bigger question to ask. And if that's the case, then you can start saying, hey, maybe it is Amazon or maybe it's these other partners that are better for me. And that's what Nike's done. They're getting really specific now. Fewer fewer retail partners because they want to be have greater control over how their product is positioned and presented to their consumers. Yeah, it's it's a tough one because I know a lot of, yeah. like I said, e-commerce guys come out and they say, well, I, I need to sell my product on Amazon. And I say, well, you don't need to. It just will, it'll cost you a lot more time and energy yeah. um, to build your own pipeline direct to consumer. It's, it's going to take it, you it's longer. It's just a business decision. Yeah, yeah it's going to take you longer, but it may be worth, worth it in the long term because I'm sure you've come across business owners that have built their entire revenue stream off of one partner and all of a sudden they go, mm, your, your account's locked out. <laughs> right. That puts you I in hear a it all precarious the time. position, right? So then shoot, what do you do at that point? So uh, I'm not saying no to Amazon. It's more of a, what is the right alignment to your brand and who's going to be selling your product or service? And then also spread your risk out. There's multiple places that you probably need to be looking at to do that and just focus on those. Now don't go like anywhere and everywhere. It's just, what are the few partners that you can rely on and build, build trust with? Awesome. Well, as we get, get close here to the end, I wanted to ask you about your own business. Sure. Uh, being an entrepreneur, obviously, you know, you're, you've got a family and you're juggling like all of us here in the dadpreneur podcast. And, um, you know, every day is a little different, but I think I'm sure you can attest to this being an entrepreneur and leading your own company. No one is telling you when and where to go every day. You just have to be able to do it. So for first stage entrepreneurs would be entrepreneurs that are listening to the podcast today. What's the biggest lesson that you've learned owning your own business, running your own shop versus working for a corporation like uh, Nike? Yeah, if um, <laughs> plenty, but you know, I would say this: like, if you're sitting in a company or sitting in a large company, right now, or, or you're an employee, you got to take a pretty hard look at yourself and say, "Am I self motivated and driven, or do I need to have the pressure of somebody um, alongside me, going, kind of giving me a, a gentle nudge forward?" And I'm not saying one's right or wrong. It's just, if you realize that I do my best work and I am at my best, when I have um, someone there pushing me forward, 
then maybe being going out on your own is not the best thing for you. Uh, you really have to be self-motivated, self-driven to do this stuff, especially because as you know, going through, I'm sure building your different businesses, there's lots of ups and downs and there's uh, not much of a safety net there too, right? So you have to go, hey, maybe yesterday wasn't the greatest day I've ever had in my uh, work experience, but we're dusting this one off. We're, we're stepping back up to the T and we're going to be out here again too. So I think just, you know, really having an honest dialogue and asking yourself, hey, am I self-driven enough to do this. But personally, what I've found is what helps me do that is creating meaning outside of just myself or my business. I'm not doing this just for me. I'm doing this for a couple different reasons. I'm doing this to help my clients and customers succeed and grow because when they succeed and grow, they're able to hire more employees. They're able to, to provide better opportunities for more, more people and, and to, to provide better opportunities for more customers. Shoot, they'll provide better opportunities for their families. And then also I'm looking at this going, I'm doing this for, for my family, my daughter, right? Like this is what gets me up every day to go do this. And oftentimes it's quite difficult is I want to be a great example and I want to provide her with a great life. And that is for the most days that's, that's drive enough and inspiration enough to get back out there and do it. Amen to that, man. That was great. No, I love it. That those are definitely good reasons um, for getting up every day, you know, for the family. And, and I see it the way you do, you know, being a, a B2B service provider is that, that if you're able to add value to, to a small or medium business, if you're able to add value with your, with your services, I do see that line between, you know, the business being here and then growing with more employees serving the community all around. It's, it's really great. It's it's, I, I totally agree. And what's so great about this too, is a couple of things I realized in, in, in my journey so far doing this is just one, how exciting it is to meet other business owners and leaders and companies. And you just realize, Oh, this is a, I'm going to do air quotes here, kind of a boring business. But, but then once you start to learn about their business, you go, Whoa, this is really cool about how they treat their employees or how they've structured their organization or how they service their customers. There's so much, endlessly fascinating things about and great learning opportunities there too. And that's why I think so great about business too, is, you know, sometimes a lot of times the other side of the coin here would say capitalism, you know, it's, it's all about greed and money and power and all that kind of stuff. No, no, no. You, I, I, I just happened to witness some of the greatest people building these businesses so that they can provide more to the community, the families, the people that are employees. And it's just, it's an inspiration to be part of that too. Fantastic. Well, before we close out, Parker, I know that we'll put your LinkedIn and website in the show notes, but I know that on your website, I wanted to give you the opportunity here to tell, tell the, the, the listeners that you do uh, have a series of, I think, three videos there where That's right. they can subscribe and tell us about those videos. Yeah, what absolutely. is it and what can it do for them? Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. So it's called the three part business boost. And it's really three quick videos that if you're thinking, Hey, I want to grow my business. I know I need to address my marketing. I think these three videos are really going to help you out. And so you can go to parkertnash.com slash boost. That's parkertnash.com slash boost to sign up and check that out. It's got some great examples of you know, how, the, the things you need to be talking about your marketing and the pieces of marketing collateral you need to create to transform your marketing, attract more customers and grow your business. So check that out. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, Alex. This has been awesome. It, and it's free, right? It's totally free. <laughs> it's yeah, good, yeah, it's totally free. There, there you go. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show again. Thanks for having me. This has been great.